So this morning what I'd like to do is I'd like to just briefly explain why we baptize, why we practice baptism, why we practice water baptism. And I'm going to let the Bible do all, most of the talking for you. And I believe that most of you, if not everyone here, believes in the Word of God, believes that the Word of the Bible is the Word of God and that's been inspired by God. And I believe that there's a lot of power in the Word of God. I believe that um, as you open the Word in your time and you study the Word, that when He comes alive, it has power and He can transform and change lives. And it's done it for thousands of years. So what is the meaning of water baptism? Water baptism, I believe, that symbolises the believer's total trust When a believer totally trusts and his total reliance on the Lord Jesus as well as his commitment to live obediently to him. So I think while it is a public um, demonstration, so Jack is going to publicly demonstrate to the world, to everyone here present, that this is what he believes, that he believes that Jesus is his Lord and Saviour. And that he wants to commit his life and that he wants it and he trusts him totally and fully. It also expresses unity with all believers. And we have here in Ephesians 2.19, it says, So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. I've been away from Australia a number of times and in particular I've been at an orphanage in Brazil for four months, and that's probably the longest I've been away for a, for a, at one time away from home and speaking a different language. And you, I've been to China many times too, but you get to appreciate when you see one of your kind. And by what I mean by that, we're all human and we're all of the same um, race, but of your own kind is when you find someone that has the Australian passport with them. You really appreciate You go, wow, that person speaks like me. That person comes from the same land that I come. And especially in China where you don't hear your language and you struggle to communicate and then all of a sudden you hear someone speak, English is, is helpful, but you kind of have this connection with an Australian person that because of that passport that we have and because of the land that we come from. And I find that it's... Just like that with us Christians. I find that you may be in any part of the world, and you, which is even greater because you might be in China, and I've been in China where you meet Christians and you, you have this connection with them, this oneness with them that you feel like you're so similar to them. Whether you're in Brazil, whether you're in, 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 in Cambodia that we went in the last couple of years, um, it's just that connection that we have and that is because of what Christ did for us and how he unites us. And we'll read a bit more scripture on that, about that as well. And so every person from every nation on earth who is a member of the body of Christ, is, we're connected and we're united. In Galatians three twenty-seven and 28 says, And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. There is no longer Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. You know, when Jesus spoke this, the Pharisees and 
and, and all the leaders, they, they felt that they were that little bit higher. They used to put especially women down and they felt that they were a little bit higher. And, and the world is now talking about equality and, and gender equality and they're talking about having the same amount of males as females in a particular workforce. And Jesus spoke about this 2,000 years ago, that we're all one in Christ. There is no greater or smaller. It's just the responsibilities that we have. You put up your hands and you might get more responsibility than someone else, but you're no greater. I'm no greater than anybody that's in Christ Jesus. We're all equal. And what a baptism conveys this and more, but it's not that he saves us. Instead, we're saved by grace through faith apart from works. You know, people struggle with this, with this one, because they feel that, okay, yes, I am saved by grace and it is God who calls me. But I still had to make the decision. I still had to make that step forward and say, just like Jack did. Jack came up to us. He wasn't forced upon him. He came up and he says, I'd like to be baptised. And just like, so, 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 so what, are we saved by grace alone or is that part of our decision making? Is that also, is that credit to us? Is that credit to Jack for making that step forward? The way that I see it and what I believe is that even that is credit to God because God instilled his spirit inside us to be able to, to, to alert us to that decision, to have that need. So again, the glory and the praise goes to God, to the Father. God saved us by his grace when you believed and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift of God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. The Apostle Paul felt that it's important that he puts those words there, that none of us can boast about it. You know, because it's so easy to boast and to say, you know, I've made this or I've done this or, or get, just boast that little bit. But he's saying that it is the grace of God. It is a reward from God that none of us can boast about it. I believe that we get baptised because our Lord was baptised and in so doing we identify with Christ. I'd like to propose something slightly different after I read this verse. He says, Then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptised by John. But John tried to talk him out of it. I'm the one who needs to be baptised by you, he said, so why are you coming to me? But Jesus said, it should be done, for we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptise him. After his baptism, as Jesus came out of the water, the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my dearly loved Son who brings me great joys. I've chosen this translation. This is the living translation, the new living translation. And I like this particular part to it, and of all the scripture I'm reading today, is, I think all but one is NIV. And um, I like that it says, and it brings great joy. It brought great joy to God. So when Jesus came out of the water, in, in the other translation it says, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased with. But I like this translation that says, and it brings great joy, brings me great joy, God said. So the heavens were open, and there was people that testified this, 
There was other people that testified and that saw it, that heard this. That the heavens were open and a voice from heaven spoke. And I'm not sure if only those that believed, if those that had faith actually heard the voice or if every single human being heard it that was there, present. But I love that he says, and this brings me great joy. So it brings God great joy. He brought him great joy when Jesus was baptised and then he tells us to be baptised also. And I can only imagine that he must bring great joy to God. So what does that say? That says that today, when Jack is brought out of the water, and you know a lot of times we don't know what to think as a person who's been baptised, I'd like to challenge you all to think of God today and think back of the time that you were baptised. And as Jack comes out of the water, just think that God is filled with great joy the living God the true God the only one God because he was pleased with Jesus point number two is because Jesus commanded it that's why we get baptized he said go therefore and make disciples of all nations this is after the resurrection Jesus commanded all his disciples to go forth and to preach the gospel to all nations and baptizing them in the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit there's a couple of instances in the Bible where people were, they heard the word of God and they were changed. They, were, they f- felt the spirit of God convict them and they repented of their sins. They confessed their sins and then they said, well, what is awaiting? Why can't I be baptized? Remember the eunuch and Philip? Those of you that know your Bible. And so they stopped on the side of the road and just baptized him right there and then. And that we don't need to wait three months or five months or six months from when you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior to be baptized. But there's nothing wrong with that either. But baptism is for believers. Before we're baptized, we must believe that we are sinners and that we are in need of salvation. And like I said, again, it's the Spirit of God that convicts us that we are sinners. In Romans 323 he says for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of god for all have sinned every single one every one of us every human being has sinned and have fallen short of the glory of god but what's the point of being baptized with christ if we don't believe that he died and that he rose from the dead and symbolically Baptism means that we are buried, that our sins are buried in, when we go into the water and we're buried with Christ and then we're made alive with him when we come out of the water. And that's a very important part, that you are made alive when you come out of the water. 1 Corinthians 15, 1-4, I told you there's going to be a lot of scripture. It says, let me now remind you, dear brothers and sisters of the good news I preached to you before, you welcomed it then and you still stand firm in it. It is this good news that saves you if you continue to believe the message I told you, unless, of course, you believe something that has never true in the first place. I passed on to you what was most important and what had also been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins, just as the scripture said, he was buried. And he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scripture says. When we turn to Jesus, we're asking him to forgive us our sins. And we say this quite lightly, that we ask him to be our Lord and Saviour. 
And I don't know if every one of you understands what that means. But to have someone to be Lord of your life means for someone to be in charge of your life. For, to be someone to have control of your life. Someone to be in the driver's seat. Someone to, to, be, uh, to guide you and to lead you. And sometimes you, you'd be making choices as a, as, a, as a Christian and you make some decisions. And then something inside you tells you and challenges you those decisions. And I believe that that is the Holy Spirit. That's the Spirit of God that is challenging you and challenging me. Saying, are you sure you're doing the right thing? And some of you that are not Christians here might be thinking now that you have that voice as well telling you and speaking to you. And that voice, I still believe that is the Holy Spirit that is speaking to you and calling you. We're born again by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's the power that I was talking about. You know, the Bible talks about the power. I remember when Jesus, they came to arrest him. And I'll talk a bit more about the power of the word of Jesus at another time. But I believe that he had such power when he spoke to the point of he was almost not afraid of his own power, but he had to hold back a lot of times. And he, they came to, to get him in the Garden of Gethsemane and they came to arrest him because Thomas came and gave him that kiss that you all know. And he said, um, and he, and, and he said that, who are you searching for? They said, the Christ. And he said, I am. What happened then? Remember, the guy flew back. There was power. There's power in his name, in his word, when he speaks. And then eternal salvation is guaranteed and we begin to die to ourselves and live for Christ. And that's what I was talking about, the power of the Holy Spirit that speaks to you and challenges you to die to yourself. You're no longer a slave to sin. We're no longer slaves to sin. We don't have to commit sin. Yes, we do fall time and time again. But the Spirit of God challenges us and tells us and reminds us and reassures us and draws us back to himself. 1 Peter 1, 3-5, he says, All praise to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again, because God raised Jesus from the dead. Now we live with great expectations, and we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and you, undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. And through your faith, God is protecting you by his power. Through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation which is ready to be revealed on the day, on the last day for all to see. I've, um, I'm sure you've all been asked many times this. So when you tell someone that you're a Christian and they say, oh yeah, you're a Christian, um, what does that mean? What kind of a Christian are you? And so you try to explain to them that you're evangelical. And, and I don't know if it's happened to you, but you kind of try to avoid the born-again stuff, yeah? Because they, they, they kind of freak out when they say born-again. So then they'll come and they'll tell you and say, oh, oh are, are, you one, are you born again? Are you from the born-again group? And I used to say, well, you know, um, straight away they identify that with Pentecostals and Charismatics, and which is all good, which I'm not here to put them down. But, you know, they identify you to that and they say, oh, so you're one of those weird ones. And I say, well, it gives me a good opportunity to speak to them and to tell them that what born again means. 
And to be born again is not something that we should be ashamed of, but we should be so proud of it because he identifies us with Christ. We've been born again. And this symbolically represents that. So water baptism symbolically is a beautiful picture of what our Lord has done for us. And he was immersed completely in the water and he symbolises our burial with our Lord, like I said, into his death and on the cross. And we identify with him and we're no longer slaves to ourselves or we're slaves to sin. We've been purchased with a price. We've been purchased. Jack's been purchased with the price of Christ, of his life, of his blood. Or have you forgotten that when you were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death, for we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our Lord, we, we know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. You're no longer a slave to sin. People don't even realise that they are slaves to sin and that it, you're drawn to sin. And this world, this everything here just draws you to that. But we're no longer slaves to sin. When we're raised out of the water, we are symbolically resurrected, raised to new life in Christ, to be with him forever, born into God's family. And a couple more verses that I have. And in Romans 8.16, it says, For his spirit joins with our spirit to confirm that we are God's, that we belong to God. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. We say, um, people have asked the question many times, so it doesn't mean that I have to be baptised in order to be saved. And the answer is no, and we all know that um, so it's not a prerequisite for salvation. And the best example that we have is the, the thief on the cross. When Jesus was being crucified and the thief turned to him and they had this discussion amongst themselves, the two thieves, and one judged him and the other one asked Jesus to, and he acknowledged who Jesus was. And he recognised and he was convicted. And then he asked Jesus to remember him when he reaches his paradise. And Jesus said that today I'll see you in paradise. So he, did he baptise him? No. So did he... He acknowledged and he believed that Jesus, he believed who Jesus was, he believed where Jesus was going. So through faith he was saved. So Christians should be saved, so believers. First you need to believe, so baptism is for Christians, to be, to be obedient to, and, to and, and for love of our Lord. 
in John 14, 15, it says, If you love me, keep my commandments. And so he commanded us to be baptised. And I'd like to finish with this. I just want to say a few words to Jack. Jack, I believe um, the almighty God, the creator of all that we see, has a special plan for your life. And he has a special plan for all of our lives, but in particular today to Jack. And God has, in his wisdom, he has set this time aside for you. And it's a special day for you. And it's a day that you will remember, like I said, for the rest of your lives. And we'll be praying and we'll ask him to equip you. But we believe that he will equip you for any task that is ahead for you. Any challenges that you've faced that he will have. And when the enemy comes to you and tells you that it's just all a waste of time and waste of space, you just need to remember the day that he touched your heart for the first time when he called you. And I'd like to finish, um, have the final verse. He says, For I know the plans I have for you, Jack, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And simply always trust him, Jack. No matter what, just trust God. He's got in the control. He's got a master plan for your life. No matter what, just trust him. No matter how hard the circumstances come your way, no matter how difficult the challenges come, just trust him. He will never let you down. Let's pray. Father, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you that you are an amazing God. Thank you that you speak to our inner beings. Thank you that you are so real to us. We just pray that as we, um, as we baptise Jack, Lord, that we may also all identify ourselves with him and with Christ and be united with him. Father, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.